Hey everyone, and thank you for tuning in today. Today is Sunday, March 5th. It is 1 p.m. Uh, I am Jason Leeser. I am your host for today for the Skill Building Sunday workshop here on the Reinventing the Tattoo Network. If you're just tuning in and just joining us, please go through, tag a friend who loves tattoos. Maybe it's a collector, maybe it's someone trying to be an artist. Um, just tag someone, you know, help us get the word out a little bit. And welcome to Guy Aitchison's Reinventing the Tattoo Community, where tattooers, apprentices, collectors, and the curious are encouraged to join in these live streams, real world events, to share and inspire and ultimately create better art and tattoos together. We beam out nearly every day and with your help have evolved into a quality network of amazing live and on-demand tattoo and art shows that have all been receiving rave reviews. You can find Reinventing the Tattoo on both of the app stores, the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. You can find Reinventing the Tattoo on YouTube at our Reinventing the Tattoo YouTube channel. You can also find Reinventing the Tattoo on Roku. We have 12 to 15 shows going on any given time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And you can find us in all of the major podcast directories, such as Apple and Spotify. But no matter where you are watching live or on demand, you can always get the latest and most up-to-date information all at www.reinventingthetattoo.com. You can try it out for free. Um, you can pick one of three options. We've got a sample webinar from Reinventing the Tattoo Canon, or we've got some free advice from Guy about your unique goals, or we've got a comprehensive tattoo history course from Jay Brown can pick one of those, they're all free. Um, but you can only pick one, so be kind of careful. You can also find a full event schedule with full weekly and special event live stream details. Once again, available at www.reinventingthetattoo.com. You also can find access to our Reinventing 24-7 channel, which is a lot like our Roku channel. It's got 13 different shows playing 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And you can find a number of other professional development courses from over 20 world-famous tattoo artists that cater to all different styles and all different types of techniques. Um, once again, that's all found at www.reinventingthetattoo.com. Or you can always Google search Reinventing the Tattoo, um, and all of those things will pop right up, uh, except for the book. The book's out of print, so, I mean, I can't even get a copy of it. So good luck with that. Uh, maybe eBay. Who knows? They pop up every now and then. But once again, if this is working for you, please let us know in the comments and in the chats. And please tag a friend who loves tattoos. Help share the information. Help share the knowledge. We have a number of weekly staple shows we always encourage people to tune into. Starting on Sundays at 1 p.m. with me, Jason Leeser, for the Skill Building Sunday Drawing Group. Following Sundays, on Mondays, we have three different shows starting at 9 a.m. with Drawing for Tattooers with James Wisdom, where we go through and we discuss basic drawing techniques and strategies, 
We talk about basic design and layout principles, um, more fundamental art stuff for artists to help kind of refresh ourselves. Following that at 5 p.m., we have Let's Talk About Feelings with Robbie Ripple, um, where we go through and we talk about some of the lesser discussed topics uh, in the tattoo world, such as how do we feel about things, right? Following that at 9 p.m. on Mondays, we have a subscribers-only drawing group available for Reinventing the Tattoo Evolution subscribers, as well as people that subscribe to the Reinventing the Tattoo yearly Canon subscription. Um, and that is with Sandy McAndrew. Uh, Guy does jump in occasionally and, you know, kind of talk about things and he leads some exercises. Uh, but it's great to go through and meet up with artists once a week for a couple hours to sit back and really work on certain things that we may really want to focus on. Following all of those shows on Tuesdays at 10 a.m., we have uh, Tuesday Feels with Ricardo Certivan. And that usually takes place at 10 a.m. Uh, on Tuesday mornings. Following that on Wednesdays at 1 p.m., we have the Tattoo Now show with Gabe Ripley, where we talk about some more of the business back end of the tattoo industry. And capping off the week on Thursdays at 6, we have the Tattoo Collecting 101 podcast with Fawn Baker. Um, as always, we've got a whole bunch of different people I would like to go through and thank for a minute. Um, people that help make these shows happen. Starting off with worldtattooevents.com, the largest, most comprehensive resource for tattoo events worldwide. They're constantly updating as conventions keep getting rescheduled like crazy. So for the latest and greatest, most up-to-date tattoo event information, coming to a city or town near you, or maybe it's one you want to visit. You can always go to worldtattooevents.com to get the latest and greatest, most up-to-date information. Next, we have Tattoo Now, Technology for Tattooers, the leading edge in professional development, management, and digital tools for tattooers of all levels. Um, they are constantly keeping everything upgraded and up-to-date, they are constantly going through and making sure everything is literally on the cutting edge of tattooing. Um, so if you're really trying to find a way to go through and attract those clients that you really want to tattoo, that really want to get the kind of work that you really want to do, TattooNow.com is the resource to go through and help you achieve that. Uh, they've got CRM software, they've got mailing list software, they've got scheduling software, they've got literally every type of tattoo digital tool you could ever imagine. So take a look at TattooNow.com. As always, this wouldn't be Reinventing the Tattoo without a very personal and heartfelt thank you to Guy Aitchison at GuyAitchison.com. He is the founder and inspiration behind Reinventing the Tattoo. Go to GuyHison.com to find a copy of his Biomech Encyclopedia. He's got some DVDs. He's got some fine art prints. Occasionally, he's got some original oil paintings for sale all up there. You never really know what you're going to find, but go take a look at GuyHison.com. We'd also like to thank a few of our affiliates, starting off with the Apprenticeship Diaries with Amy Nichols. If you know someone that is trying to become a tattoo apprentice, um, if they are actively searching for an apprenticeship, take a look at the Apprenticeship Diaries. 
If you were looking for another source of tattoo information um, outside of reinventing the tattoo, of course, go take a look at the Fireside Tattoo Network uh, run by Jake Meeks. Uh, there is all kinds of absolutely priceless content all available on the Fireside Tattoo Network. I'm even interviewed on there. Um, and they cover all different types of topics. So take a look at that. And of course, I'd like to go through and do a very personal uh, thank you to TATCOM. Uh, TATCOM is literally the cutting edge tattoo tools for working artists. These guys are pioneering and developing the most state-of-the-art tattoo technology to help you apply better tattoos. If you're looking for a power supply that's more consistent, that can really help take your work to a new level, take a look at TATCOM, uh, especially Aaron Williams. Aaron Williams, dude, you are a genius. You, like, I will be lucky if one day I understand tattooing to the technical level that you do. Like, you are absolutely phenomenal, man. Thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge with me personally. Um, you're, yeah, keep it going, man, because you rock. But everyone needs to take a look at TATCOM for sure. These guys are pushing the edge and diving into the science of tattooing. You can't go wrong with anything they put out. Guaranteed. Uh, as always, if you like today's show, we always ask that you go through and post a positive review on our channel. Hit that like and subscribe button. Make sure that you don't miss out on any future episodes because you never know what could be coming down the pipeline. Got a couple of people lined up for some absolutely sick interviews. Um, so yeah, please be aware and uh, be on the lookout for some absolutely great content coming forward. If you would like to host a Reinventing the Tattoo event, become a sponsor of our community, or if you're looking for a tattoo or a fine art critique, you can always email us at management at reinventingthetattoo.com. We'll be more than happy to get back to you just as soon as we can. Um, and that kind of wraps up the intro. Let me go through and allow people to uh, unmute themselves again. Because we had some people that were being obnoxious on the video. Or who that could be. Hmm. I don't know. If it wasn't spotlighted, <laughs> nobody else can see. So we've got uh, Medusa with us and Patrick McKay. I, Patrick Mackey. 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 I always like so Mr. Patrick. Mackey. Just think of South Park. Oh God! I always, I always feel really good when I hear other people say McKay, and I'm all like, I know. I know it's Mackie. <laughs> I've accepted it. I've heard Mackay as well. Mackay? Mackay. I had this dude. He said Patrick Mackay. I was like, that is the Patrick? most. Patrick? Patrick. I was like, that is the most creative pronunciation of my name, and I can't even be mad at you. Speaking of fun pronunciations, today we have Kylo. But uh, uh yeah Kylo Kylo is that your new nickname? No, Kyle Olson. No, I know. Is that your new nickname for them? 
Yeah, I've been calling them that for a while. Kyle O as opposed to Kyle B. And then it just turned into Kylo. It, am I just like part of the Star Wars now? Like Kylo Ren and shit? Um, yeah, but less of a bitch. Less of a bitch. I don't know if I would want <laughs> to go there. I've got very personal <laughs> feelings about that. Um, not a big fan of the character there. I don't care because I have no personal feelings about anything. <laughs> That's just because you don't have feelings. <laughs> Not that I've shown. Yeah, no, that's that's feelings accurate. of vengeance. <laughs> but, feelings uh, of inadequacy. <laughs> I think we all have those feelings. Yeah, this is my imposter syndrome support group. Fucking therapy stuff from today. Oh, it's so, uh, ISA, Imposter Syndrome Anonymous. Yeah, yeah except we're not exactly anonymous here. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, it's a, uh, is this like number one hundred or some shit? It yeah. is the one hundredth episode of the Skill Building Sunday podcast. Um, Congratulations. Thank you, yeah. thank you. Just what know the that I'm not Hell yeah. planning on stepping back and I've got another 100 episodes coming down the pipeline. Hell yeah. Um, in fact, I've got some incredible content that I'm trying to get together and get organized for the next 100 episodes. That's, um, that's super exciting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When you, when you guys start to see like some of the notifications about like who I'm trying to get on here, and who I've been like actively talking to about coming on and doing like a live interview, live Q and A. Uh, when you start to see some of the things that I'm trying to organize and get together as far as the next hundred episodes, you're gonna be like, "Damn, dude, this is sick." I mean, it's already sick, so I'm really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's only gonna yeah. get better from here. Um, I'm actually talking to a friend of mine that I did a live tattooing Q&A with before um, and I'm talking to them about potentially going through and doing another one. I'm talking about some, I'm talking to some of their friends and they've got a lot of friends in very high places um, about possibly reaching out and doing a live tattooing Q&A at, you know, different places like maybe Athens Tattoo Company or and I think we all know who works at Athens Tattoo Company um, Unkindness Art potentially uh, maybe someone there um, it's all kind of you know theoretical in the works right now uh, but these are just some of the perspective things I plan on doing um, cool. Also been in talks with uh, another person that's been on here frequently, uh, buddy of mine named Seth, about potentially going through and doing a live black and gray hand tattoo seminar, um, which I think would be absolutely fantastic. That would be, That'd be fucking incredible. AF. Seth, um, do it. Do it, Seth. With a live tattooing Q&A component to it, so you guys could go through, and instead of doing our normal like art routines, uh, it would be a live tattooing uh, Sunday broadcast. 
you know, where you could go through, you could ask questions, you could, uh, you know, be like, oh, what are you using? Oh, do you have any problems working in that area? Oh, are you working from dark to light, light to dark? Are you going mag first? You know, what, what, what type of things are you taking into consideration when you're working in that spot? Mm -hmm. Um, These are all some of the things that uh, are coming down the pipeline. So don't be surprised. I have never been surprised by anything. We've got uh, Amber Morgan just joined us. Hello, Amber, and welcome, welcome, welcome. Amber. Amber. Hi, I'm not muted. Yeah, Amber, welcome back. You're on the men. I'm on the yeah. I'm on the men. I'm, I'm feeling better than I did. Good. Yeah. That I have exactly absolutely nothing to do here, so I'm like, I'm getting on skill building. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Good choice. Dedication, right there. Oh, I actually won't be on for very long today. I've got a big day yes. at work. Uh, I mean. <laughs> Stop laughing, Mackie. I do what I please. I just want to. I just wanted to hop on, make sure that I have uh, completed my daily checklist of annoying Jason. And yeah, I think you're about three weeks ahead on that checklist. <laughs> oh, frick! <laughs> yeah, you've already a- achieved like level three thousand with that. She's putting in PTO, so when she goes on vacation, it's already racked up. Yeah. Ah, understandable. I get Yeah, it. thank you, Amber. Thank you. Um, but I wanted to say congratulations on 100 episodes, and uh, you are fucking fantastic, and this is one of my favorite things to look forward to every week, and I've learned so much from you, so I'm excited for so much more. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah, no. you better, bitch. And that's kind of uh, that's kind of what I wanted to touch on on today's episode is just how thankful I am uh, for everyone that constantly comes in, constantly checks in, and constantly is participating, adding value to everything that we do here. Um, if it wasn't for you guys, and if it was, I was literally left to my own devices every Sunday, and I didn't have anyone else coming in and checking in. And I didn't have anyone else to talk to while I was doing these things. They would not be where they are today. So it's not, it has nothing to do with me. If you guys want to thank someone, thank yourselves. Seriously. Because without you guys, this show would not be what it is. And without all the people out there that watch it, this would not be anything that it is. And we would not have gotten to the point that we are at now. So thank you all very much. Um, after today's broadcast, by the way, I am going to put this out there now for people that might be interested or that might have heard a little rumor about something. Um, the painting that I am working on now may or may not be given away to a very special viewer, um, chosen at random, uh, but I don't have the Google form together just yet. Uh, I was supposed to do that this morning, but I woke up with a really severe sinus headache. So I just kind of said, screw that this morning. Um, But I will be posting a link to the Google form. um, And I'll probably just send the link out to all of you guys on Instagram as well, should you decide to enter. 
Um, that would be awesome. You do not have to, obviously, but should you decide that you want to uh, enter for a free oil painting that I have spent a long time working on so far, um, that is how you would go about doing it. That is a gorgeous piece, by the way. Yeah. How big is that? Uh, 12 by 24. Oh, the fuck oh. is that a canvas? It's board. Nice. Oh, man. Somebody's going to be so fucking lucky to get that. Yeah. That is dope AF. I mean, I still dude. have a little bit more work to put in on it, but I figure what's better than actually like receiving a painting that you've watched someone work on live. Yeah. You know, to me, that's it's just got like all kinds of special connotations. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And if you guys don't like it and you don't want it, that's fine. <laughs> I'm used way. to it. <laughs> be that way hell yeah but this is this is a really gorgeous piece you're working on are you uh, is that just like white and black and a variation of grays or are you adding color into that haven't decided yet um, I'm a huge fan of the grisaille uh, process the grisaille process is where you go through and you start out with a full black and gray underpainting, and then you layer color over top of that. So that is what I intend on doing. Um, if that happens, great. If it doesn't, um, then that's okay too. Um, I may just keep it black and gray, but I haven't quite decided on that yet. I was considering starting to work with some like burnt umbers um, and then cooling down the background a little bit. But once again, I haven't quite decided on that yet. So that may be coming down the pipeline. I'm just not positive. Are you like experimenting with like any Wait, no, you just explained that. I'm, I'm slow. Holy cow. <laughs> That's okay, me too. Okay. Oh, Sorry, I'm picturing where I would hang it. Yeah, I mean, it could look anywhere. Um, and that's kind of why I was thinking, okay, maybe I'll just stick with monochromatic. Because if you stick with monochromatic, it'll look good with anything in any color scheme uh, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas if I started to dive into color and do more color, that's when it would people might look at it and be like, well, I would love it, but it wouldn't really go with anything else that I have in this room. And it's like, all right, well, there you go. You know, it's kind of, and I just got keyed into this the other day. Apparently it's a, one of the bigger reasons why a lot of women tend to go for uh, black and gray tattoos over color tattoos. I just found this out. Um, it was like a mind-blowing concept for me because I'm like, so what? Wait, what? But apparently a lot of women out there um, that I have talked to have issues with color-coordinating wardrobes and colors of their tattoos. So a lot of them tend to go through and choose black and gray over color uh, just because if it's black and gray, they don't have to worry about what they're wearing. I never that's knew that wild. that was uh, a consideration for someone. Yeah, that's no. wild. 
I couldn't I even imagine. Just no. I, mean, it's very honestly, easy to just wear all black. That's what I do. You can't go wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I've had clients um, be all like, I, I really love color tattoos, but I don't think I can commit to it because I don't know about like, how is it going to clash with my clothes and everything? And I have a shit ton of color tattoos. I love color. So I always let them know. So like, look at how much I have. It's all over my body. I have never, never once thought about, will this match my tattoo or not? It's never occurred. And you know what? I'm always cute. So to anybody out She's there right about afraid that. of color, do it. Just do it. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, you can't go wrong because it, it just adds another level of depth. You know what I mean? It just, it gives it that there's only so much contrast you can put in with just purely dark and light. There's only so far you can push things. But when you start adding in warms and cools, now you're talking like a whole new spectrum as well. Yeah, I uh, actually on a um, Saturday, yeah, Saturday, I have a client coming in. We did a black and gray piece on her leg but she kind of wants like a pop of color on it so i think we're gonna go it back in with a few different shades of green just to give it some green glow throughout the piece and i know that doesn't sound really great when i'm describing it out loud but uh i think that's a good compromise too when people are like i don't want to commit to too much color you can do something with a, a monochromatic scheme yeah, that you can like build a off of an accent. Yeah, that you can build off of a uh, black and gray tattoo, which I think is a much better idea than the whole let's do half color, half black and gray, which sometimes works out. But in my mm, opinion, more often it. than not, yeah, it just looks like an unfinished tattoo. Yeah, I love it when people are like, oh, well, I want to keep this arm all black and gray. And then for this arm, I want to do all color. I thought I was going to do that. It's like, um, if you're dead set on it, uh, okay, but it's not going to look finished. Yeah, I thought I was going to do that, and now I just have a mix on both arms of color and black and gray. Mm -hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. For people out there that stick with it and do it, and if that's what makes you happy, more power to you. Seriously. I was one of those people, and this is something that I was educated on early in my tattoo career. I remember going, I was still in high school at the time, and I, I just went over to talk to like a tattoo artist about, you know, like, hey, what's involved? Like, I want to eventually get tattooed, but like, I'm too young. I just want to know what to look for. I was thinking about all black and gray and blah, 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 blah. And the dude looked at me, um, and he's from Southern California, and he's got a little bit more of like a darker toned skin. Um, not by much, but you know, he's like three or four shades darker than paper. I'm like one shade darker than paper. So, um, you know, I was talking to him about it and he's like, dude, don't do that. Don't do yourself a disservice like that. And I looked at him and I was like, what do you mean a disservice? He's like, dude, you're one shade darker than paper. He's like, imagine how amazing color is going to look on you. 
people like you that get color, you can get the full spectrum of color and it will still be that vibrant until the day you die. People like me, and keep in mind, he wasn't a whole lot darker than I am. He's like, people like me, we'll get color. It'll look great for a little while. Then our natural skin tone shows through and those colors are no longer as bright. Mm. Yeah, my yellow disappears pretty fucking fast. Like I have, you know, around probably 90 hours worth of work and between my two knees and a lot of that is yellow and a lot of the yellow you can't even fucking tell and it's not like it's an old tattoo. Yeah, I still have yellow on uh, my one arm. Right? And I don't know if you guys can see it that well or not. But I still have yellow in here and this arm is probably 17 years old. Yeah, I can see that shit plain as day. Yeah, My yellow is gone in this old one i've got yellow and orange in there and you can still see it i mean yeah it's 17 years old it's it definitely does not look as vibrant as the day it was done but you know what as old as it is it doesn't look half bad Mm -hmm. this is why even with all the new inks that come out and you know great inks great carriers certain things like i buy my yellow from a certain company just because that yellow is a tried and true yellow and no matter what i do it's always gonna go in and it's always gonna stay in anybody got a tried and true orange yes mix your own yes magenta i've I've done a lot of research into oranges because i know certain companies out there their oranges suck and they doesn't, will fade faster than you can imagine. Yeah, doesn't Guy say to mix, mix magenta and yellow? Uh, that's one of the ways. Yeah. Um, for consistency's sake and for the ability to go back through and be able to provide touch-ups later on if need be, I always like to have a pre-mixed orange, but I'm very picky about who I buy them from. And I'm very, very picky about <laughs> brands that I use. I go through and I will contact the heads of whatever companies I want to buy colors from. And I have very specific questions that I ask them. Uh, For example, I got a hold of Matt Kramer from Industry Inks and who ironically only works like 45 minutes away uh, from where I live. And um, I got a hold of him and I went up there and I talked to him and I said, you know, listen, I'm, I'm interested in picking up some industry inks. I want to try them out, but I've got questions for you before I do, right? Um, I want to know about your light fastness. You know, what's, what light fast rating do you have for the pigments that you use? And that's not something that a lot of people actually know to ask. What is light fast? So light fast uh-huh. is how, how quickly a color will fade under direct ultraviolet light okay right certain paints are not light fast a lot of watercolors that you buy are not light fast they require some type of a sealant or coating to help boost its ultraviolet uh reactivity um certain colors out there are light fast and you know you can look up and you can pick up any tube of paint out there and on any given tube of paint anywhere, uh, it will have a light fast rating 
And it's you, yeah. So on this is gambling artist oil, right? Right on the back. Uh, it's got a couple of different uh, like languages and things like that uh, with the ingredients, right? And then all the way at the bottom, it says light fast one, which means it's light fast to the max. Um, different ones like this is Lucas. Um, and the light fast is located I think they indicate their light fastness with the number of stars I don't know how well you guys can see that um and then this is Rembrandt And this has a light fast rating of that's series one, opaque. They indicate theirs with a number of pluses. Okay. And then next to that, you see a little square that's like half black and half white. Mm -hmm. That's translucent or semi-transparent. Okay, this one's got a light fast rating of three. So I always ask about light fastness whenever I'm choosing a color company. Um, certain companies that I choose, I choose because I like their viscosity. Um, you know, I like how thick their pigments are. Certain companies I stay away from because they're too thin or they're too thick. But I always check the light fastness before I go through and purchase any of the colors. Because I wanna make sure that if I put that color in and it doesn't matter what color it is, I wanna make sure if I put it in, it's gonna stay in, right? Because what's the sense in putting in a color when it's not gonna be there in seven or eight years? Um, perfect example of that is a guy that I work with. He got a tattoo done by a very prominent artist. Um, very, very prominent artist that was using a very specific brand. And he got this gorgeous orange fancy fox done, right? With like a monocle and a top hat and this gorgeous chartreuse feather in the hat. Um, absolutely crushed the tattoo, healed flawlessly. Everything looked perfect. Six years later, there's no orange in it. The chartreuse mm -hmm. is completely gone. You know, all of that gorgeous color work that he put into it, it's no longer there. You know, and different artists out there will talk about that. Um, you know, I got a hold of a representative from Raw Pigments. Talk to them about light fastness. Um, talk to a couple other people. And there are certain companies out there that won't tell you. They won't tell you how light fast their pigments are because they're using pigments that they know are not light fast. You know, I've got um, some canary yellow uh, from a very specific company that I'm not going to mention uh, in a dragon koi on my right thigh. And my thighs do not see the sun ever. Okay, ever. 
I don't think they have since I was three years old. You know, and that canary yellow is pretty much gone. And that tattoo is 10 years. So it's always important to talk about light fastness. It's always important to talk about longevity of the pigments, sun exposure, uh, everything like that. But at the end of the day, if the pigments are light fast, you can go to the beach with it. This is my driving arm, okay? I drive, this arm hangs out the window all the time. It gets sunburned. I have treated it like hell over the years. And you know what? Those oranges and yellows are still there after I'm 17 so, years. I'm so afraid to get my, my driving arm tattooed because right now the outside is blank for that reason. Yeah. Well, as long as you're careful about it, you'll be fine. Yeah, I, I do keep uh, sunscreen in my center console in my car. Pro tip for everybody, keep sunscreen there. It's not a bad like, idea. Mm-hmm. Always sunscreen your hands because your hands are always on the driving wheel that's in the sun. If you have hand tattoos, that's what's going to kill it is driving. And uh, keep your arms done like even if you're just going to be in the car all day going on a road trip or whatever if you have tattoos keep sunscreen in your car so you can like make sure that your hands and your arms are always treated but uh sorry for my interjecting my dumb advice i'm gonna go now yeah yeah bye bye see you it was good to see you Um, But yeah, so always be cautious about like, you know, whatever companies you're going through, whatever companies you want to try out, ask them about, uh, talk to someone that, you know, is in charge of the pigments, someone that actually works for the company that isn't just like a sales rep at a convention, Um, go through and talk to them and be like, hey, you know, what, can you tell me what the light fast rating is on this red or this orange or this purple? Um, you know, I'm just trying to make sure that when I put this in, it stays in and it's going to stay that vibrant. And there are a lot of people out there that, um, will go through and they'll be like, oh, it'll be fine. You know, you're cool. Like, I don't know the exact life fast rating, but like everyone uses it. It's great. You know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, so you don't know. And it's like, oh, um, well, then, okay, thank you. Thank you for your time. You know, because like, mm-hmm. if you're not willing to divulge that, or if you don't know that, then I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm not going to take the risk. Mm-hmm. I put in so much work with the tattoos that I do. They better stay looking that good for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, I'm going to be really pissed. I totally agree. Um, by the way, light fast ratings on most base pigments for tattoo pigments are usually rated on a scale of one to eight. Um, eight being the highest light fast rating you can achieve, one being the lowest light fast rating you can achieve. So if anyone out there does reach out to a company and they do want to know like, hey, what, what should I be looking for as far as the light fast of these tattoo pigments? Um, it should be rated on a scale of one to eight. 
and you always want to try to go for the highest rated number possible. If it's anything below three, don't even bother with it. So that's pro tip, tattoo color pro tip. Or you can just buy from companies like Industry Inks or Raw Pigments or Solid Ink or any number of the other companies that I've already gone through and vetted. Yeah, I love raw stuff personally. I love it. It's thick, but not overly thick. It's consistent. It's got a great light fast rating. Um, it mixes and blends well. Uh, it's got great viscosity to it. It's powder based, so it's not an acrylic emulsion. Um, so you're not putting like plastics into your body, which is nice. Um, but it's a great, great company for people out there that are looking to try something new. Highly recommend it. Give it a go. So do you, is there like certain limitations when it comes to the light fastness? Like, like say with like the oranges and the reds and stuff like that, like depending on like on the ingredients that are in it, is, is it, is there limits to that? Where they want like a certain rating, say you want like the best rating for a red, but you can't achieve it because of the ingredients that are in it. Is that a thing? Um, yes and no. Okay. Uh, the base pigment rating is going to be one thing, right? That the the base powder, the base color that's in whatever uh, pigment you're choosing, that's one thing, and that's where that light fast rating comes in. The okay. other ingredients. Typically, things such as witch hazel, um, ingredients such as distilled water, witch hazel, <laughs> rubbing alcohol of some type. Um, some companies will use a vegetable glycerin. Mm -hmm. um, those are all typically translucent. So mm -hmm. that's not necessarily something that's really going to impact um, the light fast rating of the pigment itself. Okay. Okay. Science. Yeah. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is what happens it. when you become friends with people that really know a lot about this stuff mm -hmm. um, that are like, you know, pioneers and working with, you know, different people going through and researching things like the European color band, right? With phthalo blue and green. Mm -hmm. um, that really do like an obsessive deep dive into that kind of stuff. Um, because good. it's people like that that can help educate the rest of us on, you know, different things that we may not otherwise consider. A hundred percent. Because yeah, I would have never thought of worried about like the light fastness of ink and stuff like that. Because like, yeah, I never considered that. Another Neither person to reach out to if anyone ever has any questions about things is someone uh, named Jesse Smith. He runs Loose Screw Tattoo out of Richmond, Virginia. Mm -hmm. um, Jesse Smith has been doing his own independent light fast test um, and has literally broken it down. So he only uses five colors plus black and white for all of his tattoos. If you see like a teal in there, he mixed it. If you see an orange, he mixed it. 
Um, if you see any kind of like a, a burnt sienna or a burnt orange or anything like that, it's because he mixed yeah. it himself. That takes a lot of time to learn and understand how to mix the colors really, really well and efficiently. Yep. Yeah, he's really good. That's incredible. Um, and he uses a very specific brand, but mostly what he uses are concentrates. So he'll go through and he'll take like a green concentrate and a blue concentrate and like, um, you know, a, a, a bit of white or a bit of like, um, you know, a bit of white mixed with a tiny bit of like a, a red concentrate and he'll make his own, his own tone, right? To like mm -hmm. mute it out and get just the right amount of muted tea. Um, and it's fascinating to watch people like that work. But that all comes from a lot of experience and a lot of time. Um, mm -hmm. He's invested a ton of time into just focusing on what colors are going to last the longest. You know, and for people like that, I really, really, really admire them. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know if I have time for that. So... Mm -hmm. And just to be able to have that information, you know, because that, that helps the community as a whole. Absolutely. To do these, like, really, really, really deep dives on like why this works this way. Like the the, the stuff that TATCOM is doing. Like oh, with God. like Don't the, even the get needle started on TATCOM. Like I'm going to go off on a rant because those guys are literally completely and totally changing the fundamental groundwork of tattooing. They are the most inspiring people I have ever been around in my life. It was just like so cool that one video that they have of like, of course it's gelatin and everything like that. Like it wasn't actual human skin, but like how like the ink goes in and then on the next time, the next spot when the ink goes in, it puts even more ink in the hole before, like just like the little, the little things when it comes to the tattooing and the stuff that they're, they're researching and stuff like that. It's just, it's severely fascinating, but like super crucial to the, the industry as a whole, you know, cause the more that we all, know about this that and the other thing the better quality um stuff that we can produce for our clients Absolutely. which is like, like the most important yeah i mean we're not making tattoos to try and have them disappear anytime soon right these people go through so much pain and uh, like their their own journey when it comes to their tattoo and getting the tattoo that we want to make sure that it's not like Oh, hey, we'll see you in a couple months to just redo everything. You know, we don't definitely don't want that. Yeah. But so the, the more we know, the better product we're going to be able to produce. And that's that's super exciting. Well, and I think it's interesting because we're just now reaching the point in time where like tattooing has hit such a level that we're starting to really investigate this kind of stuff. Because mm -hmm. if you really think about things, right, if you really look into it, this kind of information was never shared and it was never even a concern, mm -hmm. you know, back 20, 30 years ago, because mm -hmm. it was, we were still living in the age of, well, don't worry about the why, do it like this and you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's the way most people were taught. Mm -hmm. And it was, do what I say. And you'll be fine and everything will turn out fine. And if it needs a little touch up 30 years down the road, charge them for it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's just kind of the way that things were. And, you know, it still is 
to an extent in this day and age. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, if any of the tattoos I do need to touch up 30 years down the road, come on in. I'm charging mm -hmm. you for it, but like, yeah, obviously, I'll touch it up. Um, but that's that was just the way that things were. Nowadays, we want to do tattoos that are time-tested, built to last, literally no issues, no hassle, no fuss. You know it's going to look just that way, minus obviously some skin manipulation, a uh, little bit of distortion over the years and things like that. But that's the kind of stuff that we're attempting to do in this day and age, whereas before it was get them in, get them out, get it done, and move the fuck on. Mm-hmm. That, that was their entire philosophy, you know, and it, it's sad, but it's the absolute honest to God's truth. Mm -hmm. I didn't really care. Mm -mm. <clears throat> you know, and it, just... it also okay. brings up a good point because I was talking to a friend of mine not too long ago about like, oh, these micro realism tattoos and are they really going to last? And, you know, okay, well, you know, they're not going to look that good, you know, in eight to 10 months, you know, why would anyone want to go through that kind of a thing in eight to 10 months or two years or whatever? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I just remember talking to them and having them turn around and say, yeah, but what's your point? Because with all of the permanent cosmetics that are out there in this day and age that have to be redone, every two years, every 18 months, women are willing to go back through and get their eyebrows done every yeah. 18 months. So why, why not do that for a tattoo? I, just, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's completely like the eyebrow thing at first is I didn't understand it. Cause I was like, why not just like, why not just use tattoo ink and make sure it's permanent and it stays in there. Like it's a scam. It's baloney. Cause they're paying like, uh, quite a bit amount for touch-ups and everything like that but like it didn't come across to me like oh hey like let it fade out a little bit and still give them the opportunity like if they want to change colors just a tiny bit if they can of course in certain situations and stuff like that like subtle changes you know on the eyebrow thing i got but yeah it didn't make sense to me for a long time because like if you're gonna get tattooed like make sure it's it's good it's in there it's in the skin it's not going anywhere you know it doesn't need touch-ups and stuff like that but right but you know that so it begged the question. And when they put it to me like that, they said, you know, listen, if women are willing to go through every 18 months and get their eyebrows redone for an outrageous amount of money, um, not that I'm not saying that people out there doing permanent cosmetics aren't completely and totally worth it. That is another level of tattooing that is like, in, like my mind just can't wrap itself around that. Like you're literally doing hair thin lines left and right. And they're perfect. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm not talking about microblading because microblading is essentially just like, you know, basically chopping up your skin and then smearing pigment in it. Yeah. Cool. That's very different. It, it's mm -hmm. a very different process. Um, and honestly, you get way better results if you get people out there doing actual like PMU tattoos. Mm -hmm. but you know it's like i never the thought never occurred to me that women were willing to go through and get that kind of stuff redone so when they brought that concept up to me about well yeah just tell them that they're gonna need to come in and 
you know, 18 months to have it touched up, you know, and they're going to need to be on that kind of a schedule with it. I was like, but I don't know. It threw me for a loop because that, that to me was never, that was never a concept. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was like, I was taught things to maintain a budget to maintain your tattoo. Yeah. That's wild to me. More power to them, but that's wild yeah. to me. I can't comprehend that, to be honest with you. I, I, I mean, hey, people that are willing to go that route for it, more power to you. I just can't. That's beyond my comprehension level. Well, yeah, it's just like we've always been told and taught like you can't you know, sur- like survive off of just touching up all your tattoos, like if they're not healing up good and stuff like that. Like that stuff can only go so far and last, last for so long. So we're always working towards making sure that we get perfect heels, perfect saturation, everything like this, this, that, and the other thing to where they can go 10, 15, 20 years, you know, without, you know, like any real maintenance at all. But to like get a tattoo and they get maintenance on it again, like a year after year after year type of thing, like what? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds crazy. Yeah. And I mean, hey, don't get me wrong. People are willing to pay for it. People are willing to get on that kind of a schedule with it. Suit yourself. We got people that are getting body suits done by, you know, every three months in for a piece of their body suit. If they have that that kind of dedication, Mm -hmm. why not dedicate it to just one piece? True. It's very true. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to think about that. It's like, yeah, because I had a, a client bring that up and we were working on a geometrical sleeve and we're almost done and some stuff was shiny and we wanted to like darken it up just a little bit. So we're like, um, they were just going to wait for a while, just make sure it's fully healed and everything like that and just go over everything that, every little thing that we don't like about the sleeve and stuff like that. And then you started talking about like, oh well, yeah, and then I'll just come in like a year later and do some like maintenance and stuff like that. And the whole time I'm just like, why 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 would we need to do that you know if we're going to go through and make sure everything's 100 percent, like you can come back in a couple of years and we can see how it looks and stuff like that he's like no man i just, just want to make sure it's maintained and come back every year it's just like oh okay well <laughs> like, yeah i mean hey like, do it absolutely man it. Do it. i guess yeah i guess it's a way to well and actually no that's actually kind of be a, a cool opportunity because you can take pictures of the whole fucking process mm-hmm Absolutely. You know, you can take pictures of like, this is what happens at to this tattoo after a year, or this tattoo after a year, uh, after two years, after three, four, you know, if you can, I mean, like if a lot of tattoo artists can collect a lot of data doing that, that can help. I can help. Yeah. Absolutely okay. Okay. Cool. 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 Because yeah. there's not too many people out there that even have that opportunity. Yeah. go through because i mean you get people that sit down you know they're spending three four thousand dollars on a sleeve mm-hmm. you know, over the course of like a year and a half two years or whatever um a lot of people are going to want to take a break and whatever cool fine more power to you i get it mm-hmm. i understand that um but uh it's like having the opportunity to turn around and be like okay cool Let's take a look at it after this length of time. Let's take a look at mm-hmm. it after this length of time. And if you can collect that kind of data on it for, say, 10 years, right? 
that would be absolutely priceless information mm -hmm. so that we can see, especially if you keep a record of like what you used, how you used it, you know, everything from, you know, needle grouping size to pigments that were used, um, you know, that would be absolutely priceless data mm -hmm. that we could go through and we can turn around and we can see okay, this person used this data or they used this product with this grouping at this size using these machines. Um, they got this result when it was first done. This is how it healed up. And then this is it after the first year, second year, third year, fourth year. And you can watch that kind of a progression over time. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of dedication to sit back and do something like that. But- oh, yeah. That would be so absolutely 100% valuable Yeah. Um, that that's data that I don't think anyone out there actually has as of right now. So by all means, if you'd be willing to do that, do it. Oh, yeah. If I had the opportunity, hell yeah. No, yeah, if he, if he keeps living. Sorry. I, I was going to say, obviously, if... Um, Obviously, we want to do it right the first time, get it in, get it done, move on, and make sure that it's time tested, right? Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that everything is still being done in the right way. Uh, but at the same time, if you have that kind of an opportunity, man, do it. Yeah, hop on that shit. You know, to be able to see like how much this this person's tattoo is spread over time just a little bit compared to this person's tattoo is spread over a little bit and like to try to really understand the spread. I don't know what else to call it, but um, yeah, just little, 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 tiny little details that you can learn over that shit. So yeah, I'll have a, I'll have a talk with him and see, see if he's down for something like that. Yeah. He could literally be like patient zero of like the latest <laughs> tattoo technology, right? The latest tattoo statistics and metrics. 100%. That would be, I mean, I wish I had artists reaching out to me year after year like that to be like, hey, um, let me get some really good pictures of that. Like, you know, we'll meet up at, you know, whatever, a show or convention or, you know, maybe I'll, I'll take a quick trip out or something like that. And, you know, maybe if you want to get another piece done, we could do that cool mm -hmm. hell yeah man you know but then we can document that i'd love it if like you know my artist followed up with me like that i think that yeah. would just be that would be wild yeah shit i never thought of it that way yeah and then we can just kind of see what else we can learn with it you know because that's spark new ideas and shit Absolutely, man. You could be like Tattoo Data Collector 101. The mad scientist of tattoos. No, no, that's uh, that's Aaron Williams. <laughs> yeah, 100%. He is the mad scientist. Yeah. Huh. But, you know, it, it's always interesting to see, like I just ran into a friend of mine last night. I started, um, I was actually tattooing his nephew who just turned 18. We did this rad snake on his upper arm. Um, but I got to see his tattoos after 15 years. 
you know, some of the first ones I ever did, see how those settled in, see how they healed down. And it was enlightening to say the least, you know, just to see what they looked like after such a period of time. You know, so. Did, uh, was there anything that really stood out to you when you were checking that stuff out? Um, there were a few things uh, such as like line spacing and how that's really kind of merged together over the uh -huh. years. Um, how things, there were a lot of things that kind of averaged out as far as um, just looking at uh, subtle color shifts and tones that I put in there that I would, I was, you know, praying would still be there, you know, for life and whatever. Yeah. Thinking I knew what I was talking about at the time and then coming to find out, you know, through experience that eh, maybe that wasn't exactly accurate. Um, Trial and error but, sometimes, man. Yeah. But like subtle color shifts over time that just did not heal up and maintain the way that they should have mm -hmm. um, and how that kind of averaged out. So it's pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. Just Speaking so of a guy with decades worth of tattoo experience, um, we just had a very good friend of mine, Seth Mushrush, join us. Oh, right on. Seth has been able to collect over two decades worth of data uh, dealing with tattoos that he has seen. And all of it's bullshit. All of it. Oh, I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? How goes it, man? What's going on, dude? Uh, on my way back from uh, Massachusetts right now. Working at the Gallery Tattoo Studio in Concord, Massachusetts, and uh, they're recently expanding uh, their workspace. Um, added three new booths um, in a whole other area, a whole other room. So happy Ooh. for those guys. Kurt Brown, if nobody there follows him, he's a uh, he's a good dude. He's apprenticed uh, two people under him, and they both still work for him. One of them has been over ten years now. So it's one of those rare occasions where it's like good people find good people and teach them good things. And in our business, I find like so often it's everybody's rushed to have an apprentice or something like that. It's, you know, mm -hmm. talk about like uh, information being handed down that's not refined, you know, and you get a copy of a copy and, and you get a bunch of people that don't know what the hell they're doing. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, Kurt's, Kurt's uh, line up there, the two people that he apprenticed, that you can see the influence they had on them artistically, but they are dynamite drawers and tattooers. So I'm, I'm really happy for them. It's a super nice studio. It's off the beaten path. So I'm happy to get back to the Philly area, but um, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty. Sure. What are you guys working on? Uh, Art-wise or conversation-wise? Uh, both. I hopped right in here. So oh, let's go conversation. Uh um, we were talking. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Jason. I was going to say longevity in tattooing, like with tattoos and stuff like that. Light fastness of certain colors. Uh, we've covered a couple of different topics so far today. Um, okay. Yeah. Anything about the? Uh, I, I recently saw a little video that said something about the 
and I didn't watch the whole thing. I think it was like a seminar type thing, but it had about a doing a, like applying certain colors in a particular way. Like you wouldn't apply a yellow or an orange the same way that you would apply, you know, let's say like, I don't even know if this was the end of the end of the point or advice, but maybe you wouldn't apply it the same way that you would do a green or a blue. You run the machine differently to push white as opposed to pushing a different color. Um, yeah, and I don't know if there's any truth to that or not. See, I've, I've always been fascinated by that because a lot of lighter tones um, from everything that I've learned about pigments over the years, what I've picked up on is that a lot of the lighter tones that are out there, a lot of like pinks, um, a lot of the more pale tones or any tones that seem to be a bit more opaque actually use a very large percentage of white so applying those should be right along the same lines as you would apply a white, because obviously if that's a very heavy base for that specific <laughs> color, then that just kind of is what made sense to me, right? Mm -hmm. um, I've also been an advocate of the fact that since there are a lot of lighter tones out there, lighter greens, lighter blues, stuff like that, um, that have a very high concentration of white in them. If you go through and you're trying to try out a new color brand or something like that, pick up a bottle of their white first. Try that. If you like that, if that goes in pretty easy for you, if it um, you know holds up pretty well, if you like the way it performs, there's a pretty good chance that you're going to like a lot of the other colors that that company puts out. Um, because white's typically one of the more tricky colors advice. to produce. So that's really good. What about uh, you, know, you see some of these companies putting out uh, like a mixing white versus like a traditional white? I, I don't use Eternal really anymore, but I do know that they have a vintage white now, and you know, I, I always just—I mean, I was like. Use the you know he's a fusion guy. I know that we talk a lot about the um, what is it uh, solidings, and then there's another one that you guys were using on there uh, that you talk about. But I was always just like you know I, I use the white that I have, but I I mix with other colors, and I never really considered much using mixing whites versus you know paint white or anything like that. Mm -hmm. uh, what I tend to do sometimes with black and gray work, what I'll tend to do is um, when it comes time for the highlights at the end, I will have a cup of straight white and then I'll do like a cup where I'll put maybe 10 or 11 drops of white in there uh, and then fill the rest with uh, some uh, witch hazel and uh, mix that up so that that way I can kind of brush white in so I'm not getting as an opaque, you know, strong or acidic value, you know, where it's real punchy. Um, a lot of, you know, just certain areas where I don't need like a hard Did we, I think we just lost your audio, Seth. Oh, sorry. Have you guys used, uh, had any experience with that stuff? I do that all the time. Only for the last session though. Um, there was a guy that I watched his seminar DVD uh, or his seminar video. Um, he's very big in Europe. I forget his name off the top of my head, but he actually does that 
more so to increase the full total value range in his black and gray tattoos. Um, he'll go through and not only will he do like the whole tattoo with differing levels of black and gray wash and stuff like that, but he'll go back through in the end and he'll do exactly the same thing he did with black and gray, but he'll do it using white tones. So he can get the full value yeah. range of pure white down to a washed out white, right? So it creates more of a full value range. Otherwise, we're just looking at a zero to 50% of like solid black to like nothing and then pure white at the end. That's interesting. That's a lot like using charcoal on toned paper. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And I mean, you're, you think about it, the canvas is already has that value in it. Um, you know, the skin already has the value in it that we're, you know, applying the ink on top of. So that's, that's interesting. I might give that a try. Yeah. I forget his name. Uh, I think I still have his video on here. I might be able to pull it up real quick. That skull's looking pretty dope, man. Yeah, it's getting there. We're getting there. Uh, uh, so you guys know how uh, things kind of come and go in, in waves. Uh, I find like a lot of, for whatever reason, albeit a Pinterest or social media posts and things like that. But uh, I find that like a lot of subject matter requests from clients tend to come in in, in waves and clumps and it's cyclical, you know. Mm -hmm. I've seen it come back around again. So recently, I uh, over the last month and, and going into this week, I would have done this week will mark the fifth I believe, uh, Lord of the Rings tattoo that I've started. Most of them are large scale, you know, sleeves or like larger pieces, portraits and things like that. But a couple of small ones mixed in there along with it. And it's just funny to me that like, like one after another, after another, even to the point where I have people requesting the same thing, you know, like two, two clients looking for the Witch King riding the Fell Beast and in different ways, you know, using them in different ways. Mm -hmm. But the same exact request and just funny that all that stuff kind of comes in clumps so I, as like inspired so this weekend i watched the started re-watching them uh, with my daughter it's the first time she had seen them um, they're good movies it's 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 nice to when you get requests for things like that you know to to go watch you know if, if it's a movie or say somebody wants like an animal maybe going and watching a documentary on that animal it kind of puts you in the mind frame of feel like maybe being a little more creative with what it is that you're using mm -hmm. it's not just that but it gives you the opportunity to get screen grabs so that you have original reference pictures you heard it baby absolutely there's actually that. a website i forget what it's called but there's actually a website where they break down every movie down into like individual screen grabs what? you're gonna have to send me that one bro yeah, let me find that. I, I will turn that Google over. Searching. I am forever searching for that stuff. The artist, yeah. by the way, that I was talking about that did the whitewash after the fact, and you can find his um, his um, uh, video on tattoosoul.de. 
is uh, Tommy Lee Wedner. Okay. Um, so for anyone that's interested in that, he does a great seminar start to finish um, on freehand or automatic tattooing where he goes in and he might do a couple of little sketches at first with like a marker or something like that. And then he just starts tattooing and just sees what comes out. You know? Love that. Love carving carving it out of the, the body and the space. You can lay that stuff down on paper all day long, but it's never going to fit the same way as it would when you just find it organically like that. Mm-hmm. Which I, I'm all about that. I am. Um, so long as the artist that is working on me, if that's the direction they decide to go, I'm all about it as long as they are not like me because I am very slow at drawing, you know, and I go back through and I double check and uh, second guess myself all the time. So for me, I'm not a big fan of that just because I feel like I need to charge them for the time it takes me to draw that stuff on. Otherwise I'm sitting there and I'm drawing on them for hours at a go. And that's time I could be spending tattooing. Right. Well, that's why I charge $5,000 an hour, baby. That's why I'm in this game. Only for Damn the money. right. Damn right. <laughs> Look at you pulling a Steve Butcher card. <laughs> no, I find that, uh, I think it, it comes down to subject matter though. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, if I'm, if I'm doing a dragon, you know, I might play, play out the, the head of the dragon or something like that. Uh, a little bit of the elements of the background, but oftentimes, you know, especially if I'm going over a body part where I'm wrapping something around or getting into an odd area, you know, it's not just like a huge panel, like the ribs or a thigh or something like that. I leave things open to interpretation. You know, I, I kind of know the flow that I want it to go, but you know, much like you've seen Guy do, you know, where he's laying things out with Mark, he has a trajectory. And I think that's what's important is you have to have a trajectory. You don't necessarily have to have an exact landing spot, but you have to know the language, know what you're using and know what you're playing with, and then have a clear way to get to where you think you want it to be. And along the way, you know, if you end up taking a detour to add some detail to a spot that you didn't see before, that's what I mean by like, you know, finding it organically, you know, like you might ah, find a spot gotcha. like, oh, shit, you know, like this'll, this'll work out a lot better if I, if I, you know, turn it this way. So, you know, you make your adjustments and things like that. Whereas, you know, you lay a, a strict stencil down that's, you know, soup to nuts already done on a flat two-dimensional surface. You're already committed to a lot of that stuff. So you gotta, you know, I think, when when doing that process, that's not to say I don't use pencils, soup to nuts like that, but um, sometimes finding things organically can be fun. You know, if you have a client that's willing to trust you, somebody that doesn't have a time frame that they're working in, you know, have that time afforded to you. Very enlightening. See, I'm I'm always a very opposite kind of person. Um, I always like to go through and have like my stencil be as not necessarily as accurate. Um, but I like to have it almost as complete as it potentially could be before I ever lay into skin, just so that that way it takes all the guesswork out of it. And I can just sit back and focus on applying the tattoo, try to do as much problem solving up front as possible so that it takes a lot of stressor out of my life, a lot of stressor out of like 
I no longer have to figure out like light source or um, sure. textures or like what part, oh wait, is this, is, is this scale like accurate? Is this, you know, oh wait, no, this scale connects over here and this one disappears back over here. You know, it, right. it takes a lot of the guesswork out of it in my opinion. Um, sure. But that's just the way that I prefer to work. And everyone's a little bit different. Yeah, there's value in that for sure. I mean, you know, having having a plan laid out, you know, that's I, I enjoy with the the portraits. You know, having a, all of the equations laid out in front of me so that I know which direction I'm moving. You know, from surface to surface and how the shading's going to go. You know, having all that information dialed in ahead of time definitely you know helps streamline that process. Speaking um, so there's, of you know, there's values in both. Speaking of which, I might have hinted that um, we may be getting together in the next, I don't know, a few months or decades or whatever, whenever, um, to go through and do that hand seminar. Yeah, I just talked to a Mark. Yeah, he's a awesome. Philly tattooer. Yeah, I just talked to him about that the other day. He said he's absolutely down. I think he has. Um, I just have to remember to give you a call after the fact, but I he said he has some time coming up. He wants to take a week off from work because um, he's, you know, tattooing or whatever. So he wants to do both hands. Okay. Um, Bride of Frankenstein on one and Frank on the other one. Um, but he wants to get them both done so that he doesn't have to miss too much time at work. He can just let them heal. Um, so I will definitely let you know uh, when I line that up. You said Sundays work really well for you and I'm, I'm good every other weekend on Sundays. So. Awesome. That's what I like to hear. Yes, we can do that for sure. And, you know, a hand tattoo, a portrait, like, I'm probably at like somewhere between three to four hours max, you know, to bang one of those out. So, That's um, nothing, dude. Hand. Yeah. So I'd be sitting know. down for like 12 hours being like, I think I got it. Well, uh, you know, it's funny where you were talking about like having a plan with it, man, when it comes to things like that. Like if I'm doing the back of someone's thigh or I'm doing a hand or a foot or a neck, those are the situations where it's like, all right, I, I've gone through this tattoo. Uh, it's like a major league pitcher, right? You go through all nine innings in your head ahead of time. Like I need to know what I'm doing, how I'm doing it, where everything's going to be because it's in such a delicate area. And it's, I feel like the second the needle hits the skin, the clock's working against you, right? Not that you have to rush through it, but they're, they're going to hit a boiling point or the skin is just going to get maxed out. And in those high flex areas, you talk about longevity in a tattoo, like that's something you have to consider. How long am I working on this area for? You know, how much do I really have to build this up? Uh, because once that client leaves and that, that body part starts moving and flexing and, you know, you're getting all that torsion through the, through those areas while it's trying to heal, it can create problems. Yes, yes, it can. I found that out the hard way uh, when I got my hand done in December. You know, um, awesome tattooer did it. Uh, it was a golden opportunity for me. It's someone I've always wanted to get tattooed by. I did not anticipate how long it was going to take for it to heal, um, like to heal properly. So it was uh, it was one of those situations where. I was sitting back and I was like, man, this is taking forever to heal. Like, I hope I'm not messing it 
up? Like what's going on? A lot of it's the area too. Yeah. You have to factor that in. I found that website. It's called fancaps.net. Fancaps.net. I'm sending it to both of you on Instagram. Much appreciated. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah, Yo, no man, problem. that wolf. Is that wolf you're drawing there? I'm, draw, I'm driving oh. right now, so it's tough for me to constantly look down. Yeah, the hyena eating the little baby. The hyena, yeah, yeah. The javelina. Yes, yes. So That's I'm working on. Stick. I'm wow. working on oh, this part meat. right down here. Hold on, let me spotlight yeah. it. That looks awesome. All that and, texture, man. Yeah, man. It looks like chunky and fatty. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you. I really appreciate that. It means a lot. Yeah, no doubt, man. Awesome. Yeah, this thing's pretty yeah. fucking big, and I'm still my usual fucking tools. Just these guys. Oh, yeah. yeah. Teeny tiny, right? Teeny tiny on the real big. That's it. Hey, what's my man Dave Grohl working on? Kyle? <laughs> I mean, he does kind of look, they do kind of yeah, look like Thank you for the compliment. I appreciate that. Right there. <laughs> Let's see what you're working on, Kyle. Captain Foo Fighter. Um, so, like the, the Monday night exercise is supposed to be a feather. Uh, it turned into something else. I don't know what I'm doing with it right now. Uh, it's kind of like this weird frame thing. Um, let's see if I can do the technology stuff and rotate it. Um, no, it's just kind of this oh, weird framey okay. thing. Okay. I was trying to put like a like Except a monkey a paw. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's just like I don't know. Just having fun with it. Just messing around with just the frame. Dude, great bevels. I like that. Thank you. It's got Thank that you. whole like three dimensional almost. Oh, like, there you go. Kind of style to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of want to add some more like pitting, Love the beveled edge, like the like the little notches and stuff and edges or like just little not notches and nicks and stuff like that around it. Just add like tiny little texture here and there. But hey, what's that cool. blue over to the right uh, next to the arm? That that handprint. Yeah, what is that? I was I was trying to sneak like a monkey paw like in the center of this, just kind of going in and out of the frame because I thought it'd be cool, but it's just too much. It just it doesn't work. It, yeah, it gets no lost. Okay. Yeah, so. Yeah, it's what about doing it in a different color? Um, I had it in oh, orange. Still got a little too busy. Yeah, yeah, I had it as orange when uh, when I had it in there just to have like the you know the simple complementary color, and it was just it was too busy. Too much. I hear you. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, the monkey ball would make a killer sticker or T-shirt, bro. Oh yeah, that'd be fucking really super cool. sick sticker. Yeah, that thing is wild looking, man. Thank you. Love it. Thank you. Can you get can you get close to those the coming down from the wrist on that those drips on the monkey paw? Oh yeah, it's just super super rough stuff. Oh, let me see if I can get yes. it to focus in. All webby and cheesy. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Just super yeah, scribbly man, stuff. That is that's killer. You know, I love yeah. having things uh, finished like that. Like come down where it you're fading it into like a solid black, and then having like kind of a loose artistic texture to it. And then throwing the color back into it on top mm-hmm. of that. That's such a wild look. Yeah. 
Thank you, man. Yeah. Oh, hey, wrong button. Oops. So I'm working on getting uh, some of uh, my uh, the studio finished in my apartment down there. And um, any, uh, I, I got myself one of those circle lights. So I'll definitely be using that. It's got like a little iPhone holder in the middle. But any recommendations on uh, on lighting besides that? You know, I always try to do the full spectrum tubes. Okay. Um, so uh, I'm actually working with, um, it's a key light from a company called Elgato. Um, and it's, it's pretty cool. It's got uh, a web app that you can control the color temperature with. Um, and it's got like adjustable brightness and everything like that. So you can get like a full color range, but it's, it's naturally like, um, like muted down and diffused. So like if, if I switch to here, so if I'm normal and then I can jack the brightness all the way up, I don't know if it's really coming across that well with the camera, but, um, and then I can do super cool light or I can do like a super warm light where I look all washed out with reds, you know, and then you can adjust the brightness that way. I like the first one. You can see all the gin blossoms on your nose. <laughs> well earned. Well earned. I'm working on mine still. I'm getting there. So, I mean, it's, it's nice. nice. It works well. You, see, you called it a key light by. Yes. Uh, it's a company called Elgato. Elgato. All right. I'll look into that. Thank you. Jason, have you seen those uh, loom cube lights at all? Yes. What do you think of those? Um, so like the little portable LEDs? Yeah. Where they like go up on uh, tripods and shit. Got one right here. <laughs> nice. I actually just picked it up the other day. Um, and I, I set up like a little camera rig so that I can pop my phone into it. So for when I go to take good pictures like yeah and this just like screws right on top and it took me a little bit of playing with it to get it right to like oh, sure. for the right position and everything um in fact i'm still kind of playing with it a little bit but it's pretty epic as far as just situating everything just right so i would hold it uh, kind of like this and I'll show you with my phone in it but I also stuck a piece of polarizing sticky film over top of the light which does kind of mute the light down a little bit because you're going through polarized like a polarizing like film yeah um, but it, it works a treat for helping to eliminate glare so this, oh, is, yeah. this is essentially how I go through and take photos. 
Um, and then I've got like a little clip on like um, ND filter, like variable ND filter I'll put over the lens on my phone. But this thing's pretty bright. Um, Dude, what, what is that thing called again? Loom Cube. Yeah, Did this one's from a, a different company. This one's from a different company, but it's um, got variable brightness and adjustments, variable temperatures, so I can... Did it come with the thing that holds the phone too, the, the bracket? No, that, that I bought separately, but I can send everyone links out to this, Yo, um, to exactly what I picked up for it. But it's great Please. because like the way I have it positioned, it's like a little steady cam holder on the side, but it's situated over to the side just enough that like the lens, which is here, is unobstructed. So I can awesome. like, Love. and anywhere I move it, that light is shining right on top of it. No so player. even if I have that polarizing lens, and I come in from an angle, say I'm trying to get like a little video going or something like that. It's always going to have the same kind of filter on the light and the lens. So all of that glare is immediately going to be gone. That's so it. cool. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, please send that stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah I would uh, love to have it's that. rechargeable. Uh, USB-C, it's got like a three-hour battery life. I don't think you're ever going to be taking pictures for three hours, but it works. You well. never know. You'd um, be surprised. Yo, truth. I spent 45 minutes the other night just photographing the tattoo I finished up. I was like, man, this, if this thing lasted anything shorter than three hours, I'd probably be in trouble. But yeah, this is just like a little um, like GoPro camera rig mount with a variable ball head attachment. Um like a mini ball head uh, tripod attachment and a cell phone holder. Mini ball head was my nickname in high school. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm really not surprised at that, Seth. So, but with yeah, the, the, the little loom cube lights are great, man. You can clip them onto anything and have them lighting. That's what I was going to ask. They get pretty yeah. bright, too. Awesome. And it comes with yeah. like a, a standard diffusion box, like this little white silicone thing that I've got like oh, all yeah. types of other parts in. This can go right over top of the light to diffuse the light. Uh, if you want to use that instead, you can. But it, it, it's great, man. Just picked it up. I think the light was 50 bucks um, or thereabouts. The film was 10 for like, two big eight and a half by 11 sheets. The uh, cell phone holder was 10 bucks. The adjustable arm was 10 bucks. And the ball head was, I think, seven or eight bucks. Nice. Super reasonable. So it's not like anything was outrageously expensive, but I just oh, kind of pieced dude. it together. I was like, yeah, this can work. Why not? to make it uh to get better quality photos and video it's, absolutely so what are, what is everybody doing nowadays when, when posting pictures of things are you guys like i'm still doing reels uh I, i've done more of those than actual regular photos uh, but are you guys still doing reels or, or what, what's going on with that I, i've also been like live streaming a lot of stuff which i don't get i mean 
anytime I run into somebody, they always say they, they've seen it. They're always like, oh, I love seeing that stuff. But I rarely, I don't even think I've ever gotten over like double digit viewers for a live stream video. It's always like people checking in, bouncing out. I don't expect anybody to sit there and watch for that long, you know. Um, but I'm just curious what, what you guys have found success with, guys and girls found success with. Having picture, taking pictures or promoting your work on social media. So I also try to live stream a lot of stuff. Um, I'd be catching you. Yeah. Yeah. I, you've jumped in yeah, once or twice. Can. I've seen that. Uh, Amber's jumped in once or twice. That's always fun. Um, I don't ever expect too many people to tune in live. Uh, so I just kind of automatically discount that. What I do tend to look at, though, after the fact, are the statistics to see who, how many people are actually watching it after the fact. Um, and that's now, are you I think posting it or are you just like, I am posting it after I get done with the live stream. I always post it up as like a story where I post it straight to my reels or whatever, just so that oh. other people that miss it have the opportunity to tune back into it and watch what I'm doing. So when I tried to post mine, I got to, I got to take a look at that and practice that once or twice, because when I tried to, you know, at the end it says, you know, do you want to share this live stream video, you know, or discard it in the past? I said, share. And then it looks like it goes to put it up as a post, like as a, like an actual video post. And I don't want to post a, you know, a, a 45 minute video on one of my things. Like I'd rather that just be part of a story or something, you know? Um, so I'll have to look into how you're doing that. Yeah. I mean, I just keep mine posted up. I mean, I don't really care if it's 45 minutes long or two hours or four hours or whatever. You'll put it right into your normal feed, like your regular pictures. Okay. Uh, People want to go back through and watch every moment of that feed. Yeah. Are you? Yes, I am. All right. Okay. So maybe I'll do that. I will. I got to head out guys. Have a good one. All yeah, right. y'all have a good one. It was great chilling as always, and I'll see you next Sunday. And thanks for joining right, in for the bro. 100th episode. Fuck yeah, oh, thanks shit. for having it. 100 yeah, episodes, you're going into syndication. Yo, right? We're syndicated, baby. 100. That's awesome. Dude, congratulations, Jason. Oh, thank you, man. I mean, it's it's all about persistence. But in all honesty, today's episode is dedicated to thanking everyone else. Because without you guys jumping in, without you guys participating, I would not continuously be doing this kind of stuff. So it's a lot of what I do is because of you guys. So it's me oh, well, who should be thanking you. I think it's it's that symbiotic relationship. You know what I mean? We're, we're all getting mm-hmm. something out of it. But more than anything, it's the, you know, the reminder of, of shared knowledge and how important that is. You know, I, I've said it a hundred times before and I'll say it right now. The rising tide lifts all of the boats. Absolutely. So it's, it's nice that you're, you're out there making waves for everybody to, to hop on. Man. Absolutely, man. Well, you know, it's part of what I was called to do in this life is to help people. You know so I try to do that as much as I can for as many people as I can. And anyone that wants to jump on any kind of a wave I might be making, number one, be forewarned. Um, my waves are not always 
the biggest of waves and they're not always the best of waves, but they are there. And you know what? People want to jump on them and take a look and try them out. You're more than welcome to. When I first started doing these things, man, I had people joining from all over the world. Um, South Africa. I remember talking with a guy from Johannesburg. I had people jumping in from the UK. I had people jumping in from all over uh, Southeast Asia. Uh, it was great, man. It was awesome. Um, that kind of dies down after a while with, um, you know, just with like people kind of getting bored with things and wanting to see the new thing, um, you know, whatever the new thing might be at the time. But I've just continued on with it, man, because, you know, it's something that I find value in. So I'm hoping other people will find value in it as well. 100%, man. And I, I think even those moments, those people aren't necessarily hopped on. We're now connected, you know, with the, like, and that's that's what it's about, about spreading the network. And, you know, say what you want about whether or not the waves are big or small, but they're consistent. You know, you're consistently out there doing things. So that's that's the most important thing. You know, people see these, you know, they, they, they watch them after the fact. They get viewed on YouTube. They get circulated, you know, and, and these conversations, you never know what's going to Right. You know, and it's something that, um, so I listen to like a lot of motivational stuff every morning. And I remember listening to one of my favorite motivational speakers. Um, and they were, they were talking about how um, half of the, more than half the battle is just showing up, right? When you show up and you make that commitment and you make that decision, that even if you don't want to, you show up just to do what you got to do. That's what ultimately counts. Yes, right? sir. So as long as you continually show up and you continue to do things, that equates to long-term progress. Mm-hmm. Totally agree, bud. Even when you feel like crap and you're in the hospital, you got to show up. Absolutely. Amber, how are or like when when are you getting out? Hopefully you're you're springing me tomorrow. Oh, good. I was going to say, if I have to call in a few friends to do like a black ops mission to get you out, I will. Oh, it's going to be like black water for sure. You'll, You'll have people showing up in bulletproof vests and full baklavas and. Like it it, it'll so be peaceful and quiet. Showing up in green pastries. Yeah. Or <laughs> what are, what are they called? The the like ski masks? Oh yeah. Balaclavas. Talking about. Balaclava. <laughs> yeah. Balaclava. Oh yeah, balaclava. Yes. It's close. Sorry, I mispronounced there. I didn't know. <laughs> Yeah, they're showing up with pastries and all types of shit. I got news. If they're showing up with pastries, I'm probably not leaving. <laughs> so good. She hasn't lost her sense of humor at all. Which is no. awesome. Got to entertain the nurses somehow. Nice. So what's coming up in the spring? What do you guys have uh, planned? Any trips or anything? 
Uh, well, I am probably heading out to Amsterdam in June. Wow. Um, as for like the first official vacation I've actually been on and like an actual vacation, not like a, Hey, yeah, I'm taking vacation and I'm going to a tattoo convention over here. This is like an actual, like non-work vacation. I think uh, knowing me, I'll probably still stop by a couple of tattoo studios or find something to do tattoo related. Um, that way I can at least try to write off part of the, part of the trip. Um, but it's going to be like my first like non-convention vacation in a large number of years. So that's going to be interesting. Um, not really doing much other than that this spring. Uh, I was thinking about heading out to hell city, but I'm probably going to avoid that this year, knowing me and money and, you know, expenses and all that stuff and wanting to be there, seeing all these artists and then knowing that they're probably going to have prints with them. I'd probably end up buying more prints. And that is like the last thing I need to do right now. Yeah. I was going to say, I've seen the collection you have to still hang up. Yeah, exactly. I am getting there though. I am. I, uh, I just picked up a few new frames from a local thrift shop and got nice. one or two of them framed the other day. So But yeah, just trying to save some money, do the things. I do have the uh, Skin Industry Expo coming up at the end of this month. That's always a good one. Dude, um, that one is one of my favorites. I love Steve. Puts on it, a great show. He really does, man. It's old school. It's it's made for you know, if you're in the business and you love everything about it. It's it's the spot to go for sure. And I love that it's like it's like a diamond in the rough, you know. He's make sure that everybody is tattooing all weekend long. Everybody will be busy. You could show up with zero appointments and just crush. I did last year and I was very surprised at how well I did. Yeah. Um, and it's great. You don't have to leave the spot. Like I, I, I do have to say it was a little more, uh, it, it was a lot more fun at the casino um, just because of the space that it was in and it, it was fun to like kind of walk the casino with everybody. But what he did in, in having it at the uh, at the, the holiday in there is it, it keeps everybody in the same space. Like no artists don't spread out at the end of the night. And then you're like, well, maybe I'll run into this guy. Maybe I'll run into that girl. It just now everybody's there. Nobody leaves. There's there's not much going on outside of that hotel. But for those three days, man, that place is like a tattoo Mecca. It is. And I, I really like it because Steve really focuses on caliber of artist over quantity of artist. You know, he gets really fantastic people that come out and work at that show. Oh, um, yeah. Bangers. And it's just it's an awesome time. You know, he's not worried about getting, you know, 400 artists or 600 artists that are, you know, like kind of good. He wants like creme de la creme guys, but he wants to keep it very small and very personal. Yeah. And that's what I really respect about that. Yeah, absolutely. If, if all goes well, I'll hear back from, uh, from whoever it is that's running the Pagoda City. Um, 
I know you said that you knew the guy that was running it and whatever. Justin Weatherholtz. Yeah. Justin Weatherholtz. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to get into that one in August. Um, we'll see if that happens. If it doesn't, whatever, not a big deal. Well, look, if it, if it doesn't, you know, it's same thing with hell city, you know, let, I mean, this last year has been kind of crazy, but things are, are for me, it's starting to settle down a little bit. And uh, you know, if you're, if we're going to plan ahead for a year from now to do hell city plan ahead, a year from now to do Pagoda city, like get all of our stuff in and, and get the applications in soon and put the feelers out there to these different people, Derb and Justin. Um, I'm sure, you know, we'll be able to work that out and, and get out there. And, you know, well, so that that's actually something that um, I was really disappointed about this year. And it's something I found out about, about a lot of these um, upper echelon shows is that um a lot of them have a policy in place where if you don't get into the show, they just don't bother to get back to you. Um, the, I know for a fact, that's the way it is at hell city where if they don't want you to work at it, or if you're not qualified to work at it, or for some reason, they just don't respond. Um, and they won't get back to you. And I'm not a big fan of that. Um, I don't like, that aspect behind it i would prefer that people be like hey sorry but you know we took a look at your portfolio um and you know we think that you know maybe this isn't the right year for you maybe if you worked on this this and this a little bit more we could potentially get you in next year um but you know maybe if you work on some of this stuff we can get you in but i don't think this is going to be a very good year to get you in um, you know, it's like, okay, cool. I respect that, you know, or at least reply and be like, Hey, sorry, boots are pretty much sold out. We're waiting to hear back up from one or two people, but if they don't get back to us, then we'll let you know. But otherwise, sorry, man. Cool. Not a problem. Now I can plan accordingly. Um, and that's yeah, exactly what happened. I, with I totally Hell City. get that. Yeah. Hell City was different though. Because I applied for Hell City back in October when I found out that they had openings. And I was accepted last year to both of them. And this year, they never bothered to get back to me. So I'm not sure what happened did you go in? Did you go in the years past? Um, I didn't. I, last year was the first year I made it in. And okay, cool, fine, whatever. I got the personal acceptance from Derb. Awesome great. You know, let me start getting everything together. And then things literally fell apart at the last minute. I was, um, I was less than 24 hours away from getting the last booth because they're very specific about, you need to have another artist in your booth with you. They need to be approved, um, to work at the show as well. Uh, you need to have first aid certifications. You need to have CPR certifications, you need to have bloodborne pathogen certifications. You need to have all of your paperwork plus your payment set and ready to go by the time you apply. Yeah. Okay, cool. I can do that, but it took me a little bit of time because of the late notice to figure out who would be willing to work Hell City with me. So I'm right. like, okay, well, I missed the booth by 24 hours last year um, and I couldn't make the one in Phoenix, which sucks, but it was my mom's. Is that Derbs also? Yeah. Hell City Phoenix okay. was Derbs. Last year was the last year that they were doing Hell City Phoenix. 
did not know that. Um, otherwise, I'd be like, okay, cool. Well, maybe I'll just apply for that one. But he cut it down to one show this year. Um, and it's like, okay, cool. Well, I know that I got a, a personal acceptance from Derb to work at this show. It shouldn't be a problem for next year, right? So I'm thinking, all right, well, I already applied last year. I already got the acceptance last year. This year should be a shoo-in. should be fine, right? Because I'm already on the whatever acceptance list, I thought. And um, they literally never got back to me. So I was like, well, what's going on? And I sent a follow-up email, just letting them know, like, hey, listen, if I do get in, like, let me know so I can plan accordingly. No response. Um, don't really know what happened. Don't really know if someone dropped the ball. Derb doesn't really know what happened, but I never got the call back. So, and by that point in time, it was too late. And I was like, all right, well, I mean, if you guys don't want me to work at it, that's cool. I'll make other plans. So we'll see what happens next year. Right. Maybe, maybe it'll go through next year. Maybe someone's not going to drop the ball <laughs> next year, but you never know. But that's the thing. It's like, I would rather you tell me so that I know and I can plan accordingly for the following year. Yeah. But if you're not going to get back to me at all, it's like, why am I even going to bother to apply? Yeah. You know, and, and that just kind of put a bad taste in my mouth. How far of a drive is that? Um, from, from where I live, about eight hours. So it's not bad. No, it's not bad. Shit, I drive every other weekend. I'm five, you know, between four and five hours. One in one direction. Yeah, I drove out to uh, drove out to Bloomington, Illinois, uh, to go and visit my friend Ricardo, and head down to Hyperspace before. That was twelve hours. Um, And then then another three hours south. Is that where, so it, 12 hours, the guy shot from, from Philly? If I drove directly, it'd probably be 13. But I always, I always drive out to Bloomington first, meet up with Ricardo, and then head down with him. Is that where um, he lives, at Bloomington, Illinois? Yeah, Ricardo lives in Bloomington, Illinois, Bloomington Normal. Um, so I would drive out to meet him. And then we would drive south together. Oh, uh, nice. If I, would, if I were to drive directly, it'd probably be 13, maybe 14 hours to do wow. a straight shot. Yeah. Um, but if that was the case, I could probably call my friend Jake, who lives in Memphis, because I'd be driving through Memphis, and I'd probably just crash the night at his place and um, then continue on the next day. You have to drive through Tennessee to get there. My geography is so terrible. So Memphis is two hours away from where Guy lives. He lives in Southern Illinois. Okay. Um, so it's kind of at a weird spot. But yeah, if it, I probably would take a little bit of a detour just so that I could take a nap. Yeah. So uh, switch gears a little bit better, talking about color and, and longevity and stuff like that. 
Um, did you guys see that? Uh, well, two things. One, I, I got some. I, I got some of uh, the inks from uh, the Revolution inks. I tried those out. Go. Breaking up on me, Seth. Yep. Sorry. Uh, the Revolution Better? Inks from Nico. Yes, it's pretty good. But the uh, I saw that Adam is uh, Adam from, formerly from uh, Fusion has his own company now. They they had like a thing where they couldn't you know an order where they weren't allowed to open a new ink company right away. Um, but he just opened one and it's uh, Sacred Ink or something like that. He's a good dude. I've known him a long time. Yeah, so I know I have not um, tried any of them. Eric over at uh, Industry Inks used to work for a number of different major pigment companies. Um, and yeah. he moved over to Industry to get them up and off the ground and help work with them. And um, I really like what they're putting out. Yeah. Uh, Eric used to work for Fusion for a number of years and then left there. Um, and then okay, so he worked over. with Adam then, probably. Yeah. Adam Everett. Yeah. Yeah. For the longest time, I was trying to convince Guy to put out his own like set or company or whatever, but because I thought that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know that he's ever even really been like sponsored by somebody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got a number of different sponsorships. Uh, if he wants them, all he has to do is like hit up one or two people and be like, "Yo, send me some free stuff." Yeah, but he's never had like a uh, you know like a, you can get like an artist has their own own signature series from the company. You know, I've I've never known him to have anything like well, that. that. It's just interesting because he's so involved. There's part of a reason behind that, but I mean, it's kind of a personal sure. reason that's not really for me to divulge. Um, okay. But right. part of it has to do with like the way he sees color. Oh, yeah. 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 Right on. So it's like, yeah, that might be a deterrent, you know? I get that totally. That texture is looking great on there. Yeah, I'm just kind of like splotching it down, very impasto, very, very kind of like quick little dabs. A little scumbling going on there. Yep. Bingo. Yeah, it just helps create that little bit of a texture. And then I'll take a look once this dries and I'll take a look at some shapes that have been created. Um, and then from those shapes, I'll go through and I'll you know, accent some of them to help create that texture um, and I'll sure. kind of smooth other ones out. But this is basically all just to go through and help create shapes for the texture. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of like a little underpainting, but not really an underpainting. That makes any sense? Absolutely, yeah. You're working from the, the mass, you know, the large mass shapes into the finer ones. Yeah, and that's only because I already have like basic values kind of blocked in. 
Um, if I didn't already have my basic values blocked in, I'd be going back through to finish blocking those in. But now that the right. basic values are kind of blocked in, I can go through and kind of scumble around a little bit and just kind of move some paint around to create a bit more of a texture. Love moving paint around. It's one of my most fun things to do when you're doing a piece and you get into that kind of like that flow state portion yep. of it where you just, mm. it's great. That was one of those um, key, piece of, key pieces of advice that kind of changed my entire art career, right? I remember talking to an art professor when I was in school and I was like, man, this just isn't like, it's just not doing what I need it to do and all this other stuff. And he's like, okay, so change it. I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, dude, all you're doing is moving paint around on the canvas. Move it around some more, see what happens. Yeah. And I was like, it was like a light bulb went off and I was like, Oh, epiphany moment. Right on. Well, homie, I think I got to uh, sign off here. It's traffic starting to get a little thick up here in Connecticut. Yeah, not a problem, man. We're probably not going to be on for too much longer. It's about that time anyway, so. Okay. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give us a quick sign off? Yeah, you got it, man. Um, my name is Seth Mushrush. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram uh, at Seth Mushrush, spelled exactly how it sounds. Um, I have a website, sethmushrushart.com, uh, and you can find me tattooing at Baker Street Tattoo in Media, PA, and also at uh, the Gallery Tattoo Studio in Concord, Massachusetts, a couple of days a month. Um, Love being on here, Jason. As always, great conversation. And congrats on a hundred, bro. I'm gonna have to send Thank you like you. a bottle of champagne or something. It's lovely. I've got uh, I've got plenty of champagne here already, man. Yeah. No worries about that. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, man. You guys have a great one. And uh I look forward to this conversation every week. So I will talk to you soon. Sounds great, man. Thanks for jumping in today. Great. Thanks, guys. Bye. Take Get care. Well soon, Amber. Thanks. Seth, see you soon. Cool. Uh, Amber, why don't you go ahead and give us a quick little sign off? Okay. I'm Amber Morgan from Mays Landing, New Jersey. You can find me at Luxury Tattoo in Egg Harbor City, New Jersey, and on all social media platforms under Amber Morgan. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you very much, as always, for jumping in today. Always appreciate it. Thanks you for letting me jump in. I needed the practice. I've been rusty all week. Anytime, anytime. And um, Kyle, we'll switch over to you. Go ahead and give us a quick sign off. Uh, we can't hear you because you have been muted. There it is. Um. <laughs> now you're muted again. There we go. All right, cool. Press the button. Let's let's learn how to do technology. <laughs> um, my name is uh, Kyle Olson. Um, I currently tattoo out of uh, Trinity Art Collective in Tucson, Arizona. Um, you can get a hold of me on Instagram at Olson underscore tattoos. That's O L S O N. And yeah, thanks thanks for having me on for your your hundredth episode, Jason. It's it's, it's super awesome. 
Uh, it's been my absolute pleasure, man. And um, yeah, hit me up. Let me know whenever you uh, are interested in talking about getting some of those prints made, man. They'd be absolutely sick. Okay. Yeah. Like uh, once I hop off here, I'll uh, do uh, email them or just DM. Like, uh, how do you want? Send me a DM. We'll talk about, you know, size, quantity, pricing, stuff like that. Perfect. Um, Perfect. And then um, I'll shoot you my, my printmaking email, send okay. me the uh, images and uh, we'll take it from there. Sounds great. I will hit you up right after this. Excellent. Sounds good. All right. Thank you, Jason. Anytime. And I will go through. Let me see if I can do this. Awesome. Uh, so thank you guys all for uh, joining me today. Uh, my name is Jason Leeser. I host the Skill Building Sunday Drawing Group. If you like today's episode, go through, hit that like and subscribe button. Uh, show us a little bit of love, show us a little bit of appreciation. And um, thank you for joining me on this 100th episode. I will be posting a link to the Google form in the description of this video. Uh, go through, fill that out. Who knows? Maybe you'll uh, end up with an original oil painting from me. You never know. So thanks a lot for joining me today. And everyone keep those hands busy. And I uh, will see you next week for episode 101. Thank you very much. An honor to do this for you guys. And I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you.